Now, the first couple of Texas radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Bill. I'm glad we're here this morning. Good morning to everybody who's listening, both uh, here on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station, and around the world. We get a lot of listeners around the world. From uh, We do. Andorra. And, uh, <laughs> we are big in Andorra, we learned. <laughs> yeah, big in Andorra. But uh, we are Bill and Allison Mencaro, and happy to be here again. Uh, and we have a trigger warning for you. We are non-binary, as is everyone at the Hill Country Patriot. We are non-binary. And uh, what else? We're not politically correct, are we, Allison? No, we're politically incorrect. Politically incorrect. But most importantly, do we try to be biblically correct. And we are known, I guess, by now uh, to be uh, fighting for truth, justice, and the American way. Yes, that's our goal. We like to begin our program with a verse, and this comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, very short verse, pray without ceasing, three words, pray without ceasing or stopping. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said, prayer is the grandest power in the entire universe. It has more omnipotent force than electricity, attraction, gravitation, or any other force. God has promised to hear prayer, and he will perform his promise. Not to pray because you do not feel fit to pray is like saying, I will not take medicine because I'm too sick. Pray for prayer. Pray yourself by the Spirit's assistance into a praying frame. Spurgeon concluded, if I feel myself disinclined to pray, then is the time when I need to pray more than ever. Well, what you got this morning, Allison? Well, you know, just this week, uh, there was a headline in the Babylon Bee. And Which is a satire site. Sadly, yes, it's a satire site. It's a wonderful place. Um, but sadly, uh, their headline was true. A man who was ruled too senile to stand trial is still fine to run the country. Uh, a special counsel... Robert Herr will not recommend charges for Biden's mishandling of classified documents on the grounds that he is too old and senile to stand trial. He could not, rem- among other things, that, and it was a long list of things that, that Herr um, itemized, um, Joe Biden could not remember when he was vice president, which was 2009 to 2017, or nor could he remember the year his son Bo died, which was 2015. He didn't even remember even within several years. When I was just going to say, he couldn't even remember within several years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know when I, you know, when I'm trying to remember the dates that that my parents and my brother died, you know, um, so you know, I sometimes am sort of fuzzy on the exact year, um, but I, I get it within a year or two, and I can. I can yeah. I can figure it out pretty quickly, but he could not remember the year his son died, mm-hmm. and this is the son. He's he said often that he died. Oh uh, yes, from, in, in, Iraq, com- in combat. In combat, but yeah. he died in a hospital bed from cancer. Yeah, exactly. But he said that many times that he's that his son Bo died in combat in Iraq. Well, yeah, he. Uh, I think most people have heard this story by now, but uh, there's some little details uh, about it, and here's our take on it. Uh, Mr. Herr, who's the um, um, special counsel, spe- spe- thank you, special counsel. Uh, he wrote that a jury would merely see a quote sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory 
rather than being able to see him as an intentionally bad acting criminal. In mm-hmm. other words, Biden did it. Mm-hmm. He broke the law, but he's too mentally deficient for anyone to believe he either really did it on purpose or could remember what he did, let alone pass along information. What this does, people aren't talking about that. What about Hunter's access to all this classified information? Mm-hmm. And Hunter's tied to the uh, Chinese communists. Uh, and what about uh, his use of the classified documents? Maybe that'll come up in his tax mm-hmm. case. I mm-hmm. don't know. And, and Donald Trump is being pursued. Um, he's being actually charged uh, for doing something very similar. But uh, well, he's, not, he's being pursued because because he's not senile. I guarantee you the Biden, uh, at least the Biden administration, you never know what Joe is going to do. But uh, the Biden administration certainly does not want to mention Trump's classified uh, document <laughs> situation ever again. Uh, but, uh, well, what they said, too, the White House saying, well, he was forgetful. Biden was forgetful because he was dealing with uh, the Middle East. Right. So, in right. other words, he can't walk and chew gum at the same time. He can't think yeah. about two different subjects at the same time. Yeah. The president exactly. of the United exactly. States. Like when he was vice president or the year his son died. Well, yeah, it's it's really not debatable anymore that he's he's mentally incapable to be mm-hmm. president of the United States, uh, and and they keep referring to his age. They say he's too old. Well, he's eight. Oh, I was going to look that up. How old is he? I don't know. 80, 80, 80 something. Anyway, anyway, uh, age is not the thing. Um, we have a friend who's going to turn one hundred in just a few months, and he is sharp as a tack. Yeah, lives lives in his own home, does his own yard work. Uh, you know, he's an amazing, amazing guy. He's he's, he's, um, he's brilliant, actually. But if if here's a point I haven't heard anybody making on this whole Biden story, and then we'll get off this thing. Uh, have you ever heard, Allison, of anybody not charged being charged because of their mental condition? It it really no. Won't. It only affects whether well, you go to whether you go to jail, whether you try or a mental institution or a mental you know mental. People are always you know well we're going to have this person psychiatrically evaluated, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if if not well if they can't stand trial then we're going to put them in an institution until they can. Right. So I've never heard of somebody saying well we can't charge this. even though he committed a crime we can't charge him because he's mentally deficient. Right. And, so. and as Babylon B said, he's too senile to stand trial, but he's still fine to run the country. Yeah. Well, we were talking about uh, Joe Biden, uh, and uh, who's been ruled too senile to stand trial. Too senile to stand trial, but just fine to run the country. Just he's uh, you know just fine to run the country. So after Trump takes back the White House and we finally get rid of your dumbass, what's next for you? Are you going on vacation or like some sort of retirement home? That's a great question. I already got offers from the, uh, a couple of adult diaper companies i mean i already use their diapers so so i might as well make some money using them you know jill wants to put me in a home but they don't allow showering with daughters yet so i'm not that excited about that option i think we're just gonna wait and see yeah that obviously was a parody but uh, <laughs> pretty close <laughs> pretty close i'll tell you he's a i'll tell you what joe is more confused than michelle obama's gynecologist allison <laughs> Well, do you know, um, Daylight Savings Time was instituted uh, yesterday, February 8th, in 1942. I mean, yesterday was the anniversary mm-hmm. of it being instituted in 1942. And I believe it was because of the war. Am I correct? 
I believe you're correct. I haven't looked it up lately, but I think my, if memory serves, it was because mm-hmm. of the war. Mm-hmm. World War II, of course. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and also, another big holiday. Yesterday was National Pizza Day. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I know. I know. We had some great pizza. If you really want some great pizzas, a free ad, by the way. Uh, we were at the uh, Silver Dollar Winery on 290 uh, between Johnson City and Fredericksburg. And it is, they're, they've homemade pizza. You order the pizza and they make it right there. And uh, it, we've been there several times for pizza. It's really great. It's a silver dollar winery. And it's pretty reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. There you go. I don't even know how much it is. Shout out to, well, I pay the bill. That's what you don't know. <laughs> a shout out to, uh, to them at Silver Dollar Winery. Well, another holiday. Uh, Lunar New Year begins today, January 10th. Ushering in the year of the dragon. Oh, the Chinese year of the dragon? Mm-hmm. Okay. Chinese New Year. Huh. The dragon is unique but because it's the only mythological creature among the 12 animals of the Chinese zodiac. Hmm. So, Bill, how many of oh. the other 11 real animals can you name? In the Chinese zodiac? Uh-huh. Oh, you, you see them all the time in, on, you see them in Chinese on place, placements yeah, exactly. in, in Chinese restaurants. Uh, bear, snake. Wait, wait, no, no bear. Oh, snake, lion. Wait, wait, go, go slowly. I'm gonna check them off. No lion. Well, I'm just guessing. Uh, aardvark. <laughs> Come on, get serious. I, okay. Um, the, think, what you, think about what you've seen what on placements. What do you? I don't look at that stuff. Um. So I got one out of eleven so far. <laughs> that's so my, far. That's Come on, think about it. A tiger. Got to have a tiger. No. Oh yes. Okay. Come okay. on. Okay, you're right. right. Okay, there's a tiger. Okay. Um, uh, dog is one. Yes. Uh, is there a fox? No. Cat. No. So they got dog, but no cat. That's well, correct. Hmm. How about that? I don't know. I give up on the rest. I okay. Can't. The others are rat, rat. Ox, See, I never would have gotten rat. Uh, ox, uh. rabbit, horse, goat, mm-hmm. monkey, rooster, and a pig. Huh. No aardvark, huh? Hmm. No. Well, and, and okay, while we're talking about um, Chinese New Year, well, Lunar, Lunar New Year, um, this past fall, the governor of New York announced a new law, a new law. Mandating that excuse me, all governor does not announce a law. Yeah, well, she announced it. She didn't. She announced that the legislature had passed it. Right, right. Okay. Well, she announced it. Okay. Uh, she a, a, a new law mandating that all public schools be closed to students on Lunar New Year in February, which was, but since this year is it's a Saturday, I guess I guess next year it'll be closed away on Monday. Why? Uh, she also announced that the governor of New York also announced that the state will recognize Diwali as a school holiday in November. But but, um, but only for New York City schools. What about Easter, Christmas? They recognize that? Probably not. No, Probably not. not. Everything but Christian holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does that not surprise me, I'll tell yeah. you. That, uh, Diwali is celebrated uh, uh, in India. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um. You've got this story, and I, we, Alice and I both uh, picked up on this uh, the story independently. Uh, we got actually, we've got uh, we have a friend who's a p- 
pilot for a major airline. I mean, he flies the big jumbo jets internationally and all that. And uh, he sent us a couple of things. And uh, have you got that in front of you, Allison? Or do you want me to start on the on the well, story? You can go ahead. I've, I've got a couple of things. All right. Um, but his uh, he noted that the current job listing for an air traffic controller on the Federal Aviation Administration's website is open to people with disabilities, including psychiatric and intellectual problems. So, you know, it doesn't, doesn't make you feel safe knowing your air traffic controller can have an intellectual disability or have a seizure mm-hmm. when directing your flight. You know, it, the, the, uh, according to the manual of the jo- job listing, rather, for the uh, air traffic controller on the FAA's website, quote, this position serves as an air traffic trainee for potential consideration as an air traffic controller, unquote. And in the list of... Uh, qualifications if you want to call them that uh various disabilities including psychiatric disorder and speech impairment uh yeah would you like him talking to air traffic control yeah yeah Yeah. well and uh, going a little bit farther um a video was posted uh, by matt walsh uh, on x of FAA, Federal Aviation Administration officials, workshopping a plan to reduce the number of white males in aviation. Uh, The footage was video of a conference from April of 2022 where the acting deputy said that uh, people should be able to go from ramp to cockpit, complaining that flight operations is white male dominated. Ramp to cockpit means baggage handler Mm -hmm, to pilot. mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And then this deputy then argued that the agency needs to get a little uncomfortable and talk about the what the future will look like, could look like. So they want to get rid of white white people. Well, yeah, because so, now it's dominated by white people. Yeah, exactly. We'll do. So. Um, anyway, uh, <clears throat> a pilot who works at Delta says that says that Delta has recently promoted a trans identifying pilot who repeatedly received bad reviews from captains uh, according to the source this pilot would likely not have survived probation if he weren't trans wow. uh, for example the source notes that delta routinely makes exceptions for trans identifying pilots concerning grooming and behavioral standards uh, internally Delta has even published a lengthy guide for pilots who believe they were born in the wrong body. Welcome aboard, folks. We are very proud to share that your pilot is the most diverse pilot on record. She is a three foot two inch transgender pansexual Native American man who identifies as a six foot tall Korean woman. Any volunteers to help reach the controls are welcome. You will want to buckle up as her epilepsy is often triggered by the flashing lights in the cockpit. Remember to keep a whisper volume level as she may have to consult instructional videos as a refresher during the flight. Now, can we get a big cheer for diversity? And here's the official state song of Texas as we take a quick break on the Bill and Allison Mancaro Show on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. When we come back... Texas, oh, Texas, when we, well, well, one thing when we come back, um, 
the outrage that's going on in New York City uh, for the taxpayers, and we'll tell you all about that. Texas, your freeborn single star sends out its radiance to nations near and far. Emblem of freedom, it sets our hearts aglow with thoughts of San Jacinto and glorious Alamo. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong, that you may grow in power and work throughout the ages long. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong, that you may grow in power and worth throughout the ages long. Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison, Hill Country Patriot. And you can listen to our uh, recordings of our show anytime at firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. You can download them to your favorite digital device and take them with you as well. Mm-hmm. Firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. Mm-hmm. I mentioned an outrage for the taxpayers uh, in New York. Uh, illegal immigrants in New York City are going to soon start receiving prepaid debit cards which is going to cost taxpayers $53 million. Wow. Yeah. Um, it, now, these uh, illegal immigrants must pledge to use the cards for food and necessities, but yeah, must really. promised. Really? Well, for, first of all, they've already shown that they break the law by, by, by getting, it, well, exactly. coming in the country illegally. Exactly, exactly. How stupid are they, people? Yeah, and, and the cards are, are handed out uh, at the Roosevelt Hotel which is the first touch point for illegal immigrants arriving in the city. It used to be a real hotel. Uh, now it's totally being used for illegals. Wow. Um, but th- th- this, this, cost, this cost to the taxpayers of $53 million comes at a time um, that they, the taxpayers, are facing sharp cuts of services such as policing and education. Because the city had to divert money to cover expenses sure. because of the influx of illegals. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, well, the, the border bill, which I'm sure everybody is somewhat familiar with, uh, is uh, looks like it's dead. Uh, that uh, the uh, lefties in the in the Senate wanted to ram this thing through, uh, which uh, and Biden had actually give, gave the game plan away the other day. Uh, he said uh, that uh, the bill was a precursor to ramming amnesty through for millions of illegal aliens. Um, I mean, Biden has driven the nation's foreign-born population to nearly 50 million people. The nation's foreign-born, U.S. foreign-born population is now nearly 50 million people, the largest ever in American history. And uh, it, it was the Democrats and the business lobby's ultimate goal is amnesty. Uh, for most of the illegals uh, in this country. Uh, for, for decades, Democrats and corporate special interests tied to Wall Street have thought to ram an amnesty for millions of illegals through Congress. And that would, of course, cut down the cost of labor by inflating the workforce of millions of newly legalized foreign workers, lowering wages for America's working and middle class. But it cuts costs for business, so that's what they want. 
uh, and it would drive up housing demand. It would inflate home prices even further. Uh, a study by uh, the New American Economy, which is a Michael Bloomberg um, operation, showed how the importing of tens of millions of immigrants over decades had helped raise housing costs by $3.7 trillion for the next generation of home buyers. $3.7 trillion. And of course, Biden is blaming Trump and MAGA Republicans for the broken border. You know, don't. Oh, don't don't look at the reality. Look at the shiny object over here. Uh, you know how he blames Trump and the and the when when Trump is not in charge and he's in charge uh, is <laughs> exactly. is hard to say. Exactly. Um, but uh, here's a uh, interesting fella, uh, J P Sears, who has an interesting take on the border. I'm here at the southern border in Texas, helping the Biden administration secure the border by opening the border. I don't know why more Texans aren't on board with this. All right, come on through guys, it's secure now. I'm completely dedicated to only believing what the Biden administration tells me about the border. That's actually gotten really tough lately, but I'm staying resilient. Because any other perspectives about the border are just crazy conspiracy theories. Like this border disaster isn't happening due to incompetence, it's by intentional design. I don't want to be one of those crazy people that turns out to be right only 90% of the time. To stay strong, I just repeat this George Orwell quote as my mantra. The party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. It was their final, most essential command. Biden administration for life. So here's what's going on with the border. In early January, the Biden administration filed an emergency declaration with a Supreme Court demanding that his border agents be able to cut down the razor wire borders installed by Texas because Biden wants to secure the border. And then the Supreme Court ruled that Texas can't defend its border, basically against the Biden administration that's trying to cut open the border even more. The Supreme Court ruled that the Biden administration can literally cut down physical barriers that Texas installs to protect the border, which the Biden administration is doing to protect the border classic reverse psychology. Then Texas Governor Greg Abbott vowed to protect Texas's constitutional authority to protect its border. The Texas National Guard then steps in, but they have no authority to guard anything. And Abbott's been having the Texas National Guard install even more razor wire in a battle with the Biden administration. And then so far, only like 25 other states have backed Texas in the battle with the Biden administration. Because I guess those states want to secure national border too, for some reason. I've installed this nice stone pathway to welcome people right into our country, which I guess keeps people out of our country. I still don't understand the physics of how that works. I was using a red carpet to keep people out, but all the foot traffic on it just wore it out in like 20 minutes. What Texans and the majority of our country don't comprehend is the Biden border logic at play here. Because you see, what you gotta understand here is that our border is a big part of our national defense. And just like how a good offense is a good defense, a good defense is a good offense. And therefore, a strong offense against you is your best defense. That's what we're doing here. Oh yeah, and with civilians who are interested in national security, which is basically domestic terrorism at this point, over 700,000 vehicles are expected to join the Freedom Trucking Convoy headed to Texas to protect our border. I'll tell you this, as I am staying dedicated to only believing what the Biden administration tells me about the border, I won't stand for that. 
I will protect this country from anyone who's trying to protect it. We almost have the makings of a civil war. The Biden administration versus Texas. And Texas doesn't have a chance. They don't even have a military. But everyone in Texas is well armed. I guess that makes everyone in Texas part of the Texas military. That is 30 million soldiers. Well, a 30 million person army. And I know the Biden administration wouldn't intentionally try to start a civil war because that would divide us as a nation, weaken us as a nation, and people would be more controllable being in a state of fear that comes with war. That's the last thing they'd want. Yeah, there's been misinformation floating around out there about the border. Like how a veteran FBI agent warned that there's foreign military forces infiltrating the US through the southern border. <laughs> I'm not gullible enough to believe that. I say thank God for the Biden administration who's out to protect America from anyone trying to protect America. And as a good obedient citizen, I get my beliefs about the border from Biden. And I will continue to believe those beliefs no matter what I see and hear with my own eyes and ears. There we go. That was J.P. Sears, and he had an interesting uh, perspective on the border, did he not, Allison? <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, yes, what? he did. Well, you know, everybody knows, I'm sure, uh, even if you weren't planning to watch it, tomorrow is the Super Bowl. And uh, see, uh, Bill, do you know who's playing? Of course I do. <laughs> Okay, well, just just in case somebody out there doesn't know, it's the Kansas City Chiefs versus the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And the uh, ch the Chiefs, of course, you know, uh, are getting a lot most of the attention uh, because Taylor Swift's boyfriend plays for them, uh, Jason Kelsey. So they're getting lots of attention. And did you know 20% more antacids are sold the day after the Super Bowl than any other day. <laughs> no, I did not know that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow. Is that a fact? Uh-huh. Well? Now, now the, the, the Super Bowl affected us personally um, just after we were married. Um, a Super Bowl used to be played at the end of end of January. and Now, I, I know very little about sports, but... But I do pay attention to what's going on in the news, and I knew that the Super Bowl was at the end of January, and our anniversary, wedding anniversary, is January 30th, and um, our first anniversary rolled around, and uh, we were we were living in the Washington D.C. area, and there was a restaurant uh, out in the suburbs that was um, just really really famous and supposed to be absolutely fabulous, and it was also impossible to get a re reservation. Um, yeah, they opened the, the reservation line. Two, two weeks in advance. And that was back in the days when we only had phones. Um, so they would open reservations um, two, two, two weeks before the day you wanted a reservation. And I tried, I mean, I would try you know, early in the morning. And the li their line was always busy. So, so, so we just gave up. And then our, our anniversary rolled around, and um, uh, it happened to be on Super Bowl Sunday. And we had no plans, and I said, well, how about for Lark, let's just call that restaurant. And they said, what time can you be here? Well, not only <laughs> this was the, the day of. Well, yeah, and the, the skins were, were in the Super Bowl. Oh, oh, oh I forgot, I forgot yeah. that part. <laughs> yeah, the, the Redskins uh, were, were playing in the Super Bowl that year. And uh, so, so we got a reservation 
at this restaurant and we went and had a wonderful dinner and the owner uh, who's the chef came around to to say hello and um the redskins won so um after the uh, owner gave everyone a free after dinner drink (laughs) and celebration (laughs) and celebration and and on our on our way home we were just surrounded by cars honking (laughs) yeah that was fun that was fun well what what you might not know is that uh, Nickelodeon is going to be airing an alternate Super Bowl broadcast. What's an alternate Super Bowl? Well, well, okay, it's another Super Bowl broadcast. Um, it's it's not on the, the main... It's it's being played on CBS. That's the main station that's being played on, played on. But Nickelodeon is also going to be airing it. And uh, SpongeBob SquarePants and Patrick Starr will be putting on headsets and go live in the booth to call the game uh, alongside CBS sports analyst Nate Burleson and their announcer Noah Eagle. Um, other Nick characters are expected to make appearances throughout the game, mm-hmm. which will be enhanced with kid-friendly uh, visual effects. Um, and this is a really smart advertising move by Nickelodeon. Um, while some ads will air on both CBS and Nick, 15 advertisers opted for a Nickelodeon-only package. Um, ads, you've you probably heard these figures um, knocked around. Uh, ads, most ads on the main Super Bowl broadcast this year went for an average of $7 million. That's where it went in. Wow. Um, but Nickelodeon sold its spots for just two hundred to 300000 making the, the big game... Um, a lot more accessible to a lot more advertisers. Mm-hmm. And, okay, while we're talking about Nickelodeon, uh, about in SpongeBob SquarePants being a broadcaster, about one-third of SpongeBob SquarePants fans are adults. <laughs> really? <laughs> did you know that? No, I did not know that. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about the human beings that are you know professional sportscasters and must be the... Highlight of their career to be uh, on with a cartoon character. (laughs) (laughs) Really. Uh, We're coming up on a break, but uh, Alice and I was going to suggest we take us out uh, with bump music uh, for Roberta Flack. Can we do that? Mm -hmm. Um, Roberta Flack uh, was born uh, in 1937 this week, February, in fact, uh, February 10th, 1937. She uh, still living. She was the first artist to win the Grammy Award for Record of the Year in two consecutive years. Uh, the the songs, uh, uh, the first time ever I saw your face, one in 1973. And this one that's going to take us to our break uh, is Killing Me Softly with his song, that one in 1974. So happy birthday to Roberta Flack. And when we come back on the Bill and Allison Show, we have our feature, News of the Weird. And uh, we look for really, really weird things. And we, we got a goodie for you. So stay with us a little bit later. We'll be talking about events in the Hill Country that you and your family might want to be part of. Stay tuned to the Bill and Allison Show on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. Take it away, Roberta.
Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison on Hill Country Patriot on a very rainy morning. And uh, we've had some thunder showers and we're expecting some more, I think, most of the day, aren't we? There's uh, hail warnings out, if you haven't heard, uh, for... uh, We're talking about quarter-size hail. Yeah, for uh, uh, the Bandera area um, and uh, Sisterdale, uh, some of the other... uh, um, some of the other places uh, are just around that in that area. Uh, so uh, put your uh, vehicles under some cover, uh, even a tree if, if you don't have anything else. Uh, bring your pets in. Um, protect your livestock because uh, we, could, we could be seeing some hail. And uh, that's, uh, that's going to be uh, the warning for this morning. So, Well, we have a special feature of the Bill and Allison Mencaro Show. Uh, and this is our news of the weird. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. Oh, and this, this is beyond imagination. Thank you, Rod. This is beyond imagination. Police in Utah, specifically uh, Orem and Provo, Utah, arrested a 17-year-old. <laughs> I can't get through this. Arrested a 17-year-old for taping fish to ATM machines, as you do. The Provo Police Department said he taped numerous fish throughout the area from August to October. Uh, and he posted videos on Instagram. Uh, he, uh, he said, uh, let's see, he posted in, on Instagram numerous kinds of fish in various sizes, taped to ATMs with duct tape. Well, that's cruel. Uh, well, they're dead. They're not alive. Well, yeah, they died because he took them out of the water. Well, like a fisherman would do. So you're saying fisherman fishing is cruel? <laughs> no, but okay, if you're fishing to eat them, yes, well, that's fine. What about catch and release? Well, that's different. Okay. But what about taping the, them? They're, to, re- they're released. What about taping them to ATM? No, oh, that's a bad uh, thing. There are a few posts that show cigarettes placed in the fish's mouths. <laughs> so that's, uh, you got to admit, that's pretty weird. Uh, he. Uh, Oh, uh, uh, he says no fish were harmed in the process on his uh, Instagram page. and They were just killed. His, his slogan was, live, laugh, tape fish on ATMs. Uh, one video on Instagram shows a fish taped to the back of a bathroom stall door. Another shows multiple fish taped to a police car with the caption, we support our local PD. Well, this guy sure gets around, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, all the places he's taping fish. <laughs> Well, I remember Abby Hoffman, who was part of the Chicago 7. Uh, who spent some time in Kerrville. 
<laughs> it's true. He <laughs> we, did, didn't he? Was he? We, we, we won't go into the details no, of that because no. because but he hit out. <laughs> the, the cops were after him, and uh, so was the FBI and everybody else. And he hit out in Kerrville, and that's all we have to say. But uh, anyway, he uh, Abby Hoffman wrote a, wrote a book, and the title of the book was "Steal This Book." And in it, he said uh, one way to mess with the system because uh, is would be to. Uh, uh, rent a safe deposit box in a, in a bank and, and put fish in it. And uh, I don't know if that would work or not, but uh, he was he was a goofy guy, actually kind of likable. All all those guys were, I knew, uh, I knew one of them, Rennie Davis, and uh, he was a, probably the intellectual of the group. Uh, but uh, Abby Hoffman was the clown of the group, and so he was likable in a weird way. Oh, my. Well, we are Bill and Allison on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station, and we got a lot going on. We're, we got a pile of stuff to talk about. One of them is something that shocked me. Uh, America's most, what is called America's most influential Christian news outlet okay, is, the, is Christianity Today magazine. Um the Washington Post regularly describes it as evangelicalism's flagship magazine. The New York Times says the same thing. Uh, however, a review of federal election records indicates that the views of the magazine's leadership and staff are far out of step with average evangelicals. Between 2015 and 2022, Nine Christianity employees made 73 political donations. All of them went to Democrats. And that includes uh, the president and CEO, Timothy Dalrymple, who gave money in two separate payments uh, to a left-wing Democrat in Georgia for Senate. Uh, the, the Democrat that he gave to, her, uh, her name was Sarah Riggs Amico, and her platform includes protecting abortion without exception, repealing the Hyde Amendment to allow federal tax dollars to fund abortions. Um, she's also odds with traditional Christian beliefs when it comes to gender, sexuality, and religious liberty. Uh, but the president and CEO of Christianity Today donated to her campaign. But he's not the only member of Christianity Today's executive ranks to donate to Democrats. Natalie Lederhouse, vice president of advertising and partnerships, contributed to the 2020 Joe Biden Victory Fund. Uh, the Federal Election Commission has no records of any Christianity Today executive giving to the GOP since 1991. Wow. Uh, and what's interesting, uh, okay, that's pretty shocking. The Society of Professional <laughs> Journalists holds that editorial staff should never contribute to candidates or campaigns. But uh, here we go back to Christianity Today. The news editor between uh, Daniel Silliman between October 2019 and November of 2020 made eight donations to five different pro-abortion, pro-LGBTQ, blah, blah, candidates. Among them, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren's presidential campaign. Uh, in addition to possessing a perfect voting score from Planned Parenthood and NARAL, National Abortion Rights Action League, Warren supported shutting down crisis pregnancy centers across the country, and her platform included requiring schools to admit biological men into women, requiring schools to admit biological men into women's sports and single-sex 
spaces like restrooms and, and locker rooms and showers. She also pledged, this is Elizabeth Warren, to allow a gender dysphoric nine-year-old to approve anyone she appointed as education secretary. Let me read that again because that's a little confusing. Mm-hmm. She pledged. I, I remember that. She pledged, yes, I do too, now that, I, now that you mentioned it. She pledged, if she were elected president, Elizabeth Warren, to allow this certain nine-year-old who's got gender dysphoria, you know, the girl who thinks she's a boy, to approve anyone that warrants education. <laughs> we can't make this stuff up. You can't make this up. But anyway, that's, that's Christianity Today staff made extensive cane donations all went to Democrats, pro-abortion Democrats, and there is no record from the Federal Election Commission of any Christianity Today magazine executive giving to the Republican Party since 1991. It's just amazing. Yeah, isn't that something? That's something you don't hear elsewhere, except right. on the Bill and Allison show and right. other shows on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station, because we are all non-binary. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Allison? Oh, we're coming up on a hard break, aren't we? We are. Well, when we come back, we're going to tell you about events in the Hill Country that you and your family will be interested in knowing about all over the Hill Country. We've got several buns of them, Tara. And Allison and I are going to tell you some reasons why we think you should vote Democrat. Okay. And that, that'll that be coming up after uh, after our hard break, after the news, and we have a lot of uh, several interesting announcements uh during the break so we want to talk about that and i have the most incredible recipe that i just discovered and i will i will share it with you oh i know what you're gonna I yeah think i know you do this you is do. The, also the weirdest recipe and probably the easiest recipe <laughs> oh it definitely the easiest. i mean the, even i could do it i mean it's <laughs> it's that simple it's it's like one ingredient <laughs> yes one one ingredient <laughs> one ingredient recipe so that'll be coming up in the bill and allison show and uh Today we're going to give you reasons to vote Democrat, and we'll be back in a flash. Stay tuned for the news and weather on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. Now, the first couple of Texas radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. We be the first couple of Texas radio. That's right. Welcome back. <laughs> Indeed. There's a severe weather warning for Bandera and points uh, south and east. Uh, possibly quarter-sized hail. Uh, that's uh, That'll be... Um, um, it won't last much longer, but uh, it's still out there. So uh, if you have any vehicles outside, you might want to bring them inside. Uh, garage, carport, or even under a tree if you don't have access to those things. Uh, barn, whatever. Uh, bring uh, pets in. And protect your uh, livestock, because uh, we don't want anybody hurt. All right. Yeah. And the thunderstorms are supposed to continue at least into mid-afternoon, I believe. Hmm. Although, believe it or not, here in the bunker outside the window, I can see a little bit of blue sky. Well, how about that? <laughs> I think we're, we're a little north of uh, some yeah. blue severe weather, yeah. at least in the moment. Right. Oh, man, I... Tell you, Allison, I I don't know. If I, did I tell you this uh, when I went to the uh, lumberyard the other day? No, you I, didn't. I, well, <sighs> went to lumberyard the other day, and it, you know, you'd think somebody working at a lumberyard would 
know their product and not ask stupid questions. I I asked for some two by fours, and the clerk says, "How long do you need them?" And I said, "Well, <laughs> a long time. I'm building a house." I mean, what a stupid question. <laughs> oh, what have we got? Time for grapevine. We do. All right. Ooh, it's the grapevine. Heard it through the grapevine. Well, I bet you wondered how I knew. Well, you don't have to wonder how you know because you're listening to the Bill and Allison Grapevine, which is telling you we are going to tell you all about things going on in the Texas Hill Country that you need to know about that you and your family can enjoy. So let's get right to it. The Texas Elite Showcase Junior Guilt Show and Sale is going on today and tomorrow at... The Ag Barn. The Ag Barn, otherwise known as the Hill Country Youth Event Center and the Happy State event center and why is it called the youth event center we we have been to dinners there that's true i mean and it was it was all adults well we're youths <laughs> uh it's a youth show and sale exclusive to the elite gilts of the certified texas bread registry featuring the state's best genetics showcasing outstanding youth showmen and elite gilts so that's going on today and tomorrow at the Youth Event Center, a.k.a. Ag Barn. Uh, the Black and Red Ball is tonight at 6 p.m. at the Farm Country Club in Bandera. Uh, it'll be a dinner and dance to, for charity. Doors open at 6 p.m., dinner served at 7 p.m., live music from 8 till 11. Uh, it's benefiting Bandera County's Meals on Wheels. There will be a silent auction at 6, live auction tonight at 9, Setups, beer and wine are included. BYO, if you wish. B. Well, it just says BYO. Well, bring B-Y- your own. B-Y- bring your own. <laughs> BY. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. You can B- bring whatever you want. I guess. I don't It doesn't know. have to be in a bottle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently not. Okay, the Farm Country Club in Bandera is located at 347 Pew Road, P U E. In Bandera, and again, that benefits Bandera County's Meals on Wheels. There'll be farmers markets today at Kerrville River Hills Mall parking lot, and if it's oh, they, they r- might I'm, they might move it indoors. I today. was just about to say that they'll move it into the main uh, entrance to the mall if there's a lot of rain. Uh, and that'll go on to 1 p.m. Also, another farmers market in Kerrville at the Hillside Harvest Market. It's called in the Wells Fargo parking lot on Junction Highway. That'll be until one o'clock today. Uh, Comfort City Park, Farmer's Market, 8 to 1. Johnson City, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Johnson City Coffee Company, which is 108 West Main Street in Johnson City. And let's see, Lake Hills has a Farmer's Market that goes until 1 o'clock at 101 Center Street. So we encourage you to patronize Farmer's Markets. You'll get healthy food. You don't have to worry about what might be in the food or treated what was treated by it and you support local farmers and you support uh, local uh, artisans and the money stays in the community and that's really important so please patronize farmers markets and finally this is the middle of the wine trail mm. what do you know about the wine trail Allison? well there are lots of wineries on it 
mm-hmm. uh, Hill Country Wineries. And three wineries have just been added to it. So there are a total of um, probably close to 50 at the at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a real bargain. You, you buy a passport, and it's $100 for a couple. And you can go to uh, the wineries that are, that are uh, participating. It's not every wine, winery, but, but the wineries that are participating. And you're allowed to visit one winery. Oh, I'm sorry, four wineries a day. Um, but you can only go to each winery once. And uh, it's a real deal. I mean, we were we were at a winery the other day, and uh, uh, I pointed out to Bill it was on their their wine tasting menu that a tasting was twenty five dollars. And I said, you realize, per per, yeah, per person. So I said, I said, you realize we just we just drank fifty dollars worth of wine. Yeah, fifty dollars uh, plus tax again. No, fifty dollars. Yeah, so we save a lot of money. It's it's a cool thing. You can go to texaswinetrail.org, O-R-G, and uh, get more information on the how to get a ticket for it. Well, I promise that uh, i tell you why you should vote Democrat. We've got a bunch of reasons here. Um, One thing is uh, you believe the government will do a better job of spending the money that you earn than you would. I think that's, that's a logical reason. Um, vote Democrat because you know that your local police are all you need to protect you from murderers and thieves. You know, we have a, after all, we have a 911 service that'll get police to your house, you know, in time to identify your body after a home invasion. <laughs> so those are some of the reasons why you should vote Democrat. Well, did you know that Finnair, the um, airline of Finland, uh, has just announced that it will weigh passengers at the gate? <laughs> weigh passengers? <laughs> As part of a trial program Whoa. to improve plane weight estimates. Well, they now, have to estimate how much a plane weighs. I don't know how they how other lines, airlines do it. I know. I I have been on a, a very small plane that actually weighed people, and, and that they would do that to fit. Decide which side of the plane to put you on, and yeah, whether I, the back or the front. And I remember being on flights uh, where ever, you know, rarely, but once in a while, they'll say uh, we need to move people around. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And at this point, on thin air, it's just voluntary. Oh, it is mm-hmm. voluntary. Well, who's mm-hmm. going to volunteer to be weighed? Well, apparently they were. They've been surprised at the large number of people who have, well, that these, have volunteered. These are, these are Finns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're used to a socialist <laughs> government. That's that's exact, exactly right. Yeah, they'll they'll obey anything. Uh, I don't know if you, you. I think you heard what? Uh, what's her name? Corinne Jean Pierre. Yeah, Corinne Jean Pierre. She's the press secretary of the White House. The stupidest. She she was hired because she's a black woman. And and she's a lesbian. That, that, that's why, why she got her to, job. Why do we need to know exactly to know that exactly? And mm-hmm. and she's just incredibly stupid. If you've ever seen those press conferences, yeah. I, I mean, as a kid, I used to watch The Wizard of Oz, and I wondered why somebody could talk without a brain. Now I know, <laughs> <laughs> just watching her. Uh, well, here here she is talking about. Uh, there were there were several uh, soldiers. Uh, killed um as i think everybody knows that uh the other day and uh 
here here is the White House press secretary talking about it and the reaction of a military wife. Obviously, our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave uh, three brave, uh, three brave of uh, three folks who are, who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration. Hi, Corinne, military wife here. Just so you know, the United States military does not fight on behalf of your administration. Doesn't fight on behalf of any administration. The United States military fights on behalf of the United States and the United States Constitution. The three U.S. soldiers who were killed in Jordan over the weekend and the 34 others who were injured were there defending the freedom and liberty of Americans. This is what happens when you hire a black lesbian simply because she's a black lesbian and not because she's any good at her job. It should be illegal to be this incompetent. Three U.S. soldiers are dead. And the most this woman has to offer is to mumble some incoherent sounds like a stroke victim. Now, maybe if we had a president who knew his head from a hole in the wall, whose fortitude on the world stage was stronger than a wet spaghetti noodle, we wouldn't have dead soldiers and a press secretary who has all the intellectual capacity of a bean sprout. Isn't that great? great? <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, she's something. I don't know who that that woman was, mm-hmm. but, uh, but she, she's a military wife. She needs a medal for that, I'll tell you. Well, the uh, jobs report came out this week. Uh, the January jobs report released by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and everybody's cheering about it. Oh my gosh, the number of jobs created has has gone up so much. You probably heard that. Payrolls increased by over half a million to start the. The year, which was a lot higher than anybody expected. You probably heard all this glowing stuff about how the economy is bouncing back because there's so many new jobs created. Well, better look again. What doesn't get explained is whether those jobs are full-time or part-time jobs. And in fact, virtually all jobs gains in the past year have been part-time workers. In fact, we have lost 97,000 full-time jobs, but gained 870,000 part-time jobs. So, well, okay, isn't job growth good no matter what what it is, part-time or full-time? No. Uh, changing from full-time to part-time could uh, means less confidence for companies to have full-time employees. It's cheaper for them. Uh, they don't have to necessarily have full benefits. They can reduce benefits or even have no benefits for part-time workers. Uh, so saves businesses a lot of money. Uh, and uh, real, real wages have been de- decreasing from 2021 through 22 and going beyond. The, the figures aren't in yet, of course. But uh, I'll tell you, you know, Karnak prediction, wages will be shown to be decreasing. So not only have companies shifted their preference toward part-time workers, but all workers have seen less take-home pay. Okay? So that's the dark side of this jobs report. And uh, I don't think it'll come as a surprise, Allison, to anybody. I think you mentioned this on the show a few few weeks ago, maybe. Uh, A Big Mac burger, a medium beverage, and a medium fry meal now costs $18 in some places. Yeah, isn't that incredible? And the same places when Donald Trump was president, 
ten dollars. Yeah. Uh, New York Post editorial board reported, "quote President Biden's terrible economic policies uh, have driven prices overall about fifteen percent higher overall. Food and energy are up twenty five percent. Basically." Biden has slashed the income of a typical family by close to $5,000. A pound of ground beef uh, now costs the average $5.23, up from $3.89 when Trump was president. Coffee is up $2 a pound. Fresh fruits and vegetables are nearly 14% higher. Uh, Eggs have gone through the roof, triple what they were when Trump was president. And Biden is oblivious to these costs. During a speech, he, he, he bragged about the price of turkey, gas, and air travel. He says, quote, this is from Joe Biden, you know, from turkey to air travel to a tank of gas, costs have gone way down. Well, let's look at the facts. The average price per pound for whole frozen turkey has increased by 12 cents from under Trump to Biden. The average airline fare increased by about $50. The nationwide average for a gallon of gas, we don't have to be told that, increased by about 90 cents. So, you know, what is he talking about? He, well, he doesn't buy gas. Ask him what the price <laughs> Love to be a reporter or, saying, or groceries. Mr. President, how much does a loaf of bread cost, a gallon of milk, a uh, gallon of gas? He doesn't clue because he doesn't buy that stuff. Um, so, but that's, those are the facts. And, you, you know, you can't deny it. There's an old saying in politics that... Uh, it's the economy, stupid, which means people vote their pocketbook. And the last thing any incumbent politician wants is for the economy to be bad during an election uh, because people vote their pocketbook. And exactly. especially if they remember what prices were under Trump. Exactly. So there you go. But any, anyway, that's some of the – don't be fooled by this stuff about the jobs growth and the, you know, the things are better. But no, no, no. It's uh, – that ain't what's going on. What you got, Elson? Is that an air raid? <laughs> is, that, is that the hail warning? <laughs> no, that's our woke alert. This is uh, one of the most woke stories of the week coming up. A California school district has spent $250,000 on a woke kindergarten curriculum, and that's $250,000 went to a for-profit company, and yeah, the curriculum is for young children. Um, this is at a time when most of the students were failing to achieve grade-level competency in reading, writing, and math. Their liter- literacy scores are in the single digits, um, the teacher training provided by the group um, for this uh, woke kindergarten organization taught anti-Israel and anti-police messages and told police they were meant to disrupt whiteness in school and they were paid for using a, a federal program to help low-performing schools. Well, the literacy scores dropped by 4%. And um, and a teacher uh, in the school district, and this is Hayward, California, where the program was initiated, said, I shouldn't have to get on the bandwagon of defending police or insulting our country. 
uh, she told the local newspaper. Um, a, a guest faculty uh, insists that the curriculum takes the resources away from helpful educational methods. Uh, this woke indoctrination does nothing to improve students' reading and math achievements and instead takes critical resources uh, away from things that would have an impact. Uh, Low-performing districts should be spending money and time on proven reading and math intervention training, um, which, prepare, which helps teachers uh, prepare students to succeed academically. I, I mean, isn't that outrageous? A yeah. woke curriculum for kindergarten and, and lower uh, elementary age kids. Absolutely. That is disgusting. Well, on that, sa- on that subject, here's the next big education con called equity grading. Okay. Uh, public schools all over the country are using this phrase equity grading to convince parents that this approach is going to help kids learn more. Okay. Well, Equity grading means that there are no grades for homework, no grades for classwork, no grades for class participation, no grades for anything. Hard work. Students cannot be penalized for late work or work not handed in at all. The overriding idea is that every student should get an A, a participation trophy. Wow. That's equity grading because it's called that because one of its premises is that many children come from different circumstances, different cultures, economic situations with different levels of support from parents, etc. So they should not be held to the same grading standards as other children. In fact, they should not be, have to be held to deadlines because deadlines are a part of white supremacy. I didn't know if you knew that, Allison. I did not. Yeah, uh, they're not. They shouldn't be held to deadlines. They shouldn't have to hand in assignments or do homework. Educators say that some kids can't hand work in on time and do homework. And some kids just don't want to. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Wow. You know, and, you know, some people might say, well, what's wrong with that? It's not fair to hold everybody to the same standards. Okay, we're not talking about children who have special needs or those who have intellectually limited uh, problems. We're talking about children who are of normal or above average intelligence who come from different ethnic family or economic backgrounds. There's kids since the since the beginning have done the work. No matter what economic background you come from, you can still hand in an assignment on time. Mm-hmm. Okay? They can do the work. This theory claims to eliminate bias. It's actually judging students in the most bias of ways by their demographic, by the color of their skin, and not by what they do. They've virtually given up on the potential for some students to do what is required in order to learn. So if you barely pass a test with 60%, you're considered just as good as a student who passed with 100%. All students get an A under equity grading, regardless if they did classwork or homework, regardless of what they do on exams. Uh, the Fordham Institute wrote about this and said, when a lot more students get A's, two undesirable things happen. First, an A grade is meaningless. Uh, it's, it's used as a signal to students and parents about their achievement, but you can't tell if everybody gets an A. And uh, it doesn't, doesn't tell admissions officers, employers, how you how you did in school everybody gets an a well that's colleges will rely on 
entrance exams, which a lot of schools actually are dropping, and extracurricular involvement. So let's take this to its logical conclusion. Think about medical schools across the country admitting students based on their extracurricular activities, such as the clubs they were in or the sports they were in, instead of their grades. And the fact that they were proficient but not excellent in the context required to succeed in medical school and become a doctor. Think about a medical student who's never been held accountable for doing and handing in assignments. Well, Who do you want operating on you? <laughs> a doctor who worked hard and excelled in his or her studies? Or one who is a slacker and merely, quote, proficient under equity grading, you won't know which is which. Yeah, that, that, that is very scary. Yeah. I mean, it, it is human nature to do the least amount of work possible if the end reward is going to be the same as somebody else who worked hard. Ask anybody from a communist country. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's an old joke going around the Soviet Union. It said, we pretend to work and they pretend to pay us. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Uh, the bottom line is parents have to be more diligent, pay more attention to what their children are doing in school. I'm all for putting uh, cameras in schools and uh, having parents able to get on the Internet and see what their kids are being taught. Oh, a lot of teachers oh, oh can't do that. Well, why not? Well, I was going to say, the question is, why, why don't teachers want cameras in classrooms? Yeah, what are you doing that you don't want parents to mm-hmm. know about? So, you know, your child, pay attention. Your child might get an A but not have achieved skills at an A level. So look at the work your kid is doing, your children are doing. Compare their work with their grade level and their age. You, you, you know what grade level uh, they should be uh, working at. So pay attention, please. It's called equity grading. If you hear that. <laughs> well, I was going to say run the other way. but No, but don't no, run you should... the other way should get involved if you get involved if, with your school everybody ought to get involved and see what their kids are being taught okay we're going to take a really quick break and coming up some of the funniest state mottos and slogans you've heard as well as that recipe that i've been oh where's promising. the recipe we want to know the simplest recipe probably ever heard ever of. ever ever one ingredient Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison, Hill Country Patriot, your information station. And you can hear us anytime, recordings of our past shows, at firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. Yeah, you can download them to your favorite uh, digital device and take them with you wherever you go. Well, I have been promising, we have been promising to share this most fabulous recipe that I just discovered, and um, I, when I read it, I thought, well, that's not, that's not going to work. That's really stupid. So uh, I told Bill, who's the grocery shopper, I said, get me a can of uh, sweetened condensed milk. And he said, okay. And so I told him why. Well, what you do is you take a can of sweetened condensed milk. Uh, you do not open it. You take off the paper label, and you put it in a crock pot, and you make sure it's it's covered totally covered with water, uh, totally totally immersed, like a couple of inches 
of water above the can. And then you set it on low for eight hours. And what comes out is the most fabulous caramel I've ever tasted. And, and it's hard that, to believe that works. I know. And it cost, I asked Bill when he went to the grocery how much it cost. And he said about $15. I said, no, it didn't. Well, he went into the grocery store to buy one thing, the sweetened condensed milk, and he ended up buying $15 worth of stuff. Yes. But but <laughs> exactly. it, it, anyway, anyway, and, and this, so this probably cost $1.50, and it's going to last a long time. It's very, very rich, so so you don't don't eat much of it at a time. But what, what, what it does, um, and I realized the, the chemistry of it, uh, the science of it, um, but before I started making it, um, what happens is the way you make caramel is you take sugar, um, just plain white sugar, um, and you stir it with cream and, and that sort of thing on the stove for a long time. And the sugar caramelizes. Um, but with the sweetened condensed milk, it does it inside the can in the crock pot. Yeah. Amazing? When Allison told me, you know, get a can and then... She said, uh, you don't open the can. Thought, Why do you make something without opening the can? So that's just an amazing recipe. One mm-hmm. ingredient recipe, you don't even open the can. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, how long did you uh, cook it? Eight hours on low. On low. In, in, in the crock in, pot. In a crock pot. Okay. That's wild. That's wild. Well, you know, uh, half the country believes if you give up your stove, your car, and eat bugs because people who take private jets to Davos told you to, it's going to make the weather better. Half the people believe that. Well, here's a man who does, and his name is Dr. Ian Plymer. He's a geologist and emeritus professor at the University of Melbourne, a professor of mining geology at the University of Adelaide, Australia, uh, as well as a professor of earth sciences at the University of Melbourne. He's held roles at several other institutions. Dr. Plymer is the author of several books and scientific articles in his field of geology. In addition to his academic career, he's been the director of several mining companies and has received several national awards. And we're very pleased to be able to hear from Dr. Plymer. We hear about climate scientists, whatever that is. Now, in geology, we have a 250-year track record of arguing about climate. Textbooks are full of it. We've been labouring about climate for a long while and then there's this sudden new invention of climate science. And I had some of these when I was head of department at the University of Melbourne and these are embittered, obscure, unemployable academics funded by your taxes and those taxes are to fund these people's hobbies And the end result of that is that they put good people out of work and they cost our nation trillions. So there's one group of people that use models. Another group of people, I mean, this is is really sinful. We use evidence. And the two are not in accord. And if they're not in accord, you've got to throw out the models, which we've seen time and time again are incorrect. So we can look back in the past And we can see that we've had six great ice ages. During that ice age, we'll have the ice expand, that's a glaciation, or it will contract, that's an interglacial. We are currently in an interglacial 
of an ice age that started on a Thursday 34 million years ago. <laughs> and the ice has come and gone. In our last interglacial, sea level was about seven metres higher. Temperature was about five degrees warmer. So if someone says, oh, this is the hottest day on record, you have to ask, since when? <laughs> if it's the hottest day in the last 120,000 years, then that is a record. But um, since when? So if we go to the peak of our interglacial, which was about 4,000 years ago, it was about five degrees warmer. So it's cooler than the hottest temperature on record. If we go to the time of Jesus, when it was warm, it's about four degrees cooler than then. If we go to the Dark Ages, go to the Viking Age, we've actually warmed up since then. If we go to the medieval warming, we've cooled down since then. And if we go to the Little Ice Age, we've warmed up since then. So since when? And I know this is going to surprise you, but we've just come out of a Little Ice Age. What do you think temperature's going to do? Fall or rise? It's been rising since the Maunder minimum more than 300 years ago. So it is no surprise that if you have cut-off times for temperature or for sea level or for hurricanes or whatever, you can spin whatever yarn you want to spin. These six great ice ages started when we had more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere than now. We have 0.04% of that gas in the atmosphere. And we hear words like emissions. Well, that means nothing to me because the atmosphere has changed in its carbon dioxide content from over 20% to now, which is really low in geological time. If we halved it, all plant life would die and animals would die. We had a, that was Dr. Ian Plymer, who is a geologist and emeritus. Emeritus Professor at the University of Melbourne in Australia and also Professor of Mining Geology at the University of Adelaide in Australia. We had uh, an audio from a, a, a gentleman who uh, has a nursery, and uh, he explained, uh, and uh, actually it was an audio taken off a of video, but uh, he shows uh, this machine, and he said, and he's in the nursery, and he shows the mach machine, and he said, do you know what this machine is? It's a carbon dioxide generator. And he said, do you know why? He said, because the level of carbon dioxide uh, is too low for a lot of plants uh, to survive, and that's why we have them in the nursery, and we have to generate carbon dioxide. I don't know, are they not, Allison, not teaching in schools anymore that carbon dioxide is necessary for all plant life? Apparently not. I mean, th plants, in case you didn't get taught this in grade school, Plants breathe in the carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen. Okay, so if we eliminate or if we reduce our, I've seen the figures. I don't remember what they are, but we're getting close to carbon dioxide um, emissions being so low that a lot of plant life can't survive, and that means a lot of oxygen will not be created. So it'd be the death of not only plant life but people as well. So this CO two nonsense is is completely crazy. Um, you know, the, the you know the secret plot, by the way, to make these uh, climate crazies look like idiots is known as Operation Just Let Them Speak, and it's working. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. Well, I told I told um, before the break that uh, we're going to tell you some some really odd 
uh, state mottos and slogans. And states have mottos. Some of them, some of them are nice and make sense. Um, Ohio is the Buckeye state, and that's where I grew up. Uh, and it, that's been the um, the state state motto since um, oh the mid eighteen hundreds. Um, but growing up, I never saw a Buckeye. I'm not sure what they are or what you do with them even today. <laughs> but it's the Buckeye state. Huh. Uh, there's even a city in Arizona named Buckeye. One of its founders uh, is named it for his home state of Ohio. And uh, for your, just for information, uh, Buckeye, Arizona, a suburb of Phoenix, is one of the fastest growing cities in the country. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, New Hampshire, um, their motto is live free or die, which is on their license plate. Um, those license plates are made by state prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> a little irony there, isn't it? Live free or die. Uh, Nebraska's tourism slogan wasn't for everyone, now it's history. Um, the state's tourism director announced that its brutally honest tagline, Nebraska, honestly, it's not for everyone, would be retired after five years. <laughs> Well, uh, on that subject, let me interrupt you because there's a uh, there was a contest in Iowa uh, for a new license plate slogan, uh, and it's it used to be the Tall Corn State, as I recall, and uh, they wanted a new you know they think well that's not really attracting tourists, <laughs> so how about a new slogan, and so, <laughs> somebody offered. Iowa, gateway to Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, some some more uh, state tourism tourism slogans. Now, uh, wh- what's the worst? I'll let <laughs> you can decide. Rhode Island, cooler and warmer. The state's chief marketing officer was forced to resign over this in 2016. Mm. Idaho's license plates have the slogan. Famous, famous potatoes. potatoes. Yeah. If they're that famous, you probably don't need to remind everyone. <laughs> or have them on your license, please. Washington introduced say what? W-A, which is the, the abbreviation oh, for the oh, state. Oh. Say what? <laughs> Residents said no. <laughs> yeah. State motto of Texas. Do you, Bill, do you know what it is? Ooh. The Lone Star State? No. Um... Gateway to Oklahoma? No. <laughs> no, I don't know, I guess. I, did, I, did, I had to look it up. Um, it was officially adopted in 1930. It's friendship. <laughs> I think we need to revisit that one. It's, it's been around since 1930, but obviously we've lived here for a long time and we didn't know what it was. I'm a native Texan. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was, and it was chosen... Because the name of Texas, or Tejas, was a Spanish pronunciation of the local Indian tribe's uh, word meaning friends or allies. Oh. <laughs> so, some people believe that remember the Alamo is a Texas state motto, but it was the motto of the Republic of Texas from 1836 to 1845. Hmm. Not, not of the state of Texas. I didn't know that. Do you want to know the best state slogan? I like live for your die. That's my favorite one. Virginia is for lovers. 
I like that. I do too. Since we used to live in Virginia when we worked for the U.S. Congress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so we saw that. It was on the license plates. It still is. Yeah, absolutely. Does that music mean we're coming up on a short break, Allison? Yes, it does. Okay, I can barely hear it. That's because you're talking. <laughs> I, I I make it low so that so people oh, can hear you talk. That's a good idea. Allison's in charge of my microphone. She's, that's she's, right. <laughs> she's the engineer around here. I couldn't be on the air without her. <laughs> See, it's kind of scary that she's in charge of when I can talk and when I have to shut up. Welcome back. Wow. We're Bill and Allison Mincaro on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. We're on the Hill Country Patriot. We're on the Hill Country Patriot, <laughs> as, you just, as you just heard. I wondered what happened to our bump. <laughs> sort of dropped off the, dropped off the schedule. <laughs> well, as I was told by fellow engineers when I said I was, I was nervous about taking this job, they said, they said, they said, don't worry. It ain't Brayton surgery. Nobody's going to die. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when uh, the, the little history of our show a few years ago, uh, Harley said to me, uh, well, I, you know, you were in radio. And I said, yeah, when the, we had carts and, and um, with our, you know, tape cartridges uh, and uh, a different kind of board and no computers and that kind of thing. Anyway, he said, well, can you fill in for me? Uh, I'm going to take a vacation. I said, sure. He said, well, I'll teach you how to run the board, because it's all new to me since years ago. Uh, so I came in, and uh, first 30 seconds, I decided there's no way I can do this. Because it's got, what is it, two computer, three computer screens, two mm-hmm. mice, this flashing lights and dials and, <laughs> and levers and, you know, all sorts of stuff. And uh, I thought, so I came home to Alice. I didn't tell Harley, but I came home to Alice, and I said, I can't do this. And she said, well, I'll do it. So she spent, she stepped up to the plate, spent a week, right? Mm-hmm. At Harley's Elba. Watching, watching, learning the board. So now she runs the board, and I'm very, very proud of her. Our website, by the way, is firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. Firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. There you can hear past shows. You can download them to your favorite digital device. Take them with you wherever you want to go. You know, you're talking about state mottos, Allison. Well, I had some mm-hmm. interesting... You are a cat lover. When I got married yes. to Allison, I also married three cats, and I'd never <laughs> never had been around cats. Lo- love me, love my cats. I grew up around uh, a dog. We had a German Shepherd dog. And... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, German mm-hmm. Short Hair. We, we, Allison and I, during our married life, has have had a German Shepherd, but a German Short Hair when I was growing up. And uh, so I was more of a dog person. And as soon as we got married, we got a Rhodesian Ridgeback puppy, which was <laughs> quite the challenge. Obviously, we had no idea what we were doing. And, but uh, she, How many pounds did she end up weighing? Uh, I believe she, she topped out about 115. And she mm-hmm. lost her ability to, to walk uh, back legs. and uh, But she was mentally just fine, so I did not want to do the deed. Uh, so I would carry her around to go outside and do her business and carry her back in the house, up steps, by the way, a 115-pound dog. And uh, at one point, I remember picking her up in the kitchen, and something happened to my back. It felt like a spring had sprung, and I just dropped to the floor. Fortunately, it was not permanent, but it uh, bothered me for a while. But um, anyway, that was our, our doggie. 
uh, Redigian Ridgeback, and then we got a Springer Spaniel. We had her for or him rather for 14 years, died of natural causes, and just a few weeks ago we adopted a. Well, we think a new a, dog. A new dog. <laughs> we're we're, ner- we're not sure. We were told that she was a poodle, standard poodle. Mm-hmm. Um, apricot color. Apricot. Um, she looks but, like a stuffed animal. Yes, yeah, she does. She does. She's absolutely tell, beautiful. Tell the story about the movie. Oh, right. Or the workman, whatever he was. Yeah, we we had some move, having some getting some new furniture, and um, the mover, uh, his helper, uh, told the story on him. Um, well, first of all. I, ha- I have a couple of uh, stuffed bears in the, the living room, and one is quite large. He would probably be four feet tall if he was standing. He was huge. And then there's another another stuffed bear on his lap. And uh, there are also some dog toys on the floor, which are some of them are stuffed animals. So so this, this uh, mover just assumed that our dog was a stuffed animal. <laughs> and then she moved. And he was, uh, the poor guy was totally freaked out. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but that he did funny. laugh about it for the rest yeah. of the day. So we're not sure if we have a standard poodle or a golden doodle, mm-hmm. and uh, but I guess we're going to find out. We are. I ordered a DNA test <laughs> that's going to tell us what she is. Not that we care. But uh, No, we don't care. We're not going to breed her yeah. or show her, but she's, no. she's wonderful. She is wonderful. We're just very curious. She is the most low-key dog I've ever seen. I mean, just... Yeah. Yeah, just uh, she thinks she's twenty years old, but she's only two and a half. Yeah, you, so. you never know she's around. Yeah, yeah, and totally housebroken. We're very blessed to have her. We thank the Lord for that. Well, here's some interesting things about cats, Allison. Since you're a cat okay. lover, okay, uh, a cat's best sense is its hearing. They can rotate their ears 180 degrees. They are capable of hearing 1.6 octaves above the range of a human and one octave above that of a dog. They also have better night vision than humans, but they are nearsighted. Hmm. Their their visual acuity ranges from 20, how do you put it, 20, 100, 20 slash 100 to 20, 200. Oh, okay. What most people can see, if they have perfect vision, at uh, they can see at 200. A cat needs 20 mm-hmm. uh, feet. Well, I think my vision used to be about 20, 200. Yeah. Well, since cats rarely meow toward each other, you know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, experts. they meow toward people. Yes, they do do it toward humans. They don't meow mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, cats groom each other by licking to be social, which is known as allo-grooming. If your cat licks, licks you, it means she's accepted you into the group. <laughs> a dog's brain is larger than a cat's. But a cat's That's because brain, dogs are bigger. But a, yeah, a cat's brain is more complex. Cat brains have about 300... Smarter. 300 million neurons compared to about 160 million for dogs. Hmm. Uh, the oldest cat on record, Cream Puff. Born on August 3rd, 1967. Passed away on August 5th, 2005 at the age of 38. Wow. Yeah, and she only had one owner. Okay. And speaking of age, it's commonly believed that one human year equals seven cat years. However, experts multiply the cat's year by four and add 16 years to get cat ears in, in human ears. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so that's if you do you know what the word is if you own a bunch of cats? What the word <laughs> for a bunch of domesticated cats is? Crazy cat lady. <laughs> there you go. Uh, clouder. Hmm. A clouder. It's only used to describe groups of domestic cats. Though. Hmm. Uh, the CIA's Directorate of Science and Technologies 
had an Operation Acoustic Kitty that was a plan in the 1960s to implant listening devices in cats. <laughs> and they shut that down pretty, pretty soon after that. Oh, and finally, if you want to have great coffee, Kopi Luwak. It's a rare and usually expensive coffee from Indonesia. One of the ingredients is coffee cherries that have been eaten and pooped out by a wild cat, <laughs> the civet cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of that coffee. I, I have too. Well, uh, it's Carol King's birthday this week, and uh, everybody knows who Carol King, I'm sure, was. One of the most successful female songwriters of the latter half of the 20th century. She wrote or co-wrote 118 pop hits on the Billboard Hot 100. And this is one of her most famous songs. Happy birthday, Carol King. Stayed in bed all morning just to pass the time. There's something wrong here, there can be no denying. One of us is changing, or maybe we just stop trying. And it's too Happy birthday, Carol King. And we are Bill and Allison and Carol. We're here every Saturday from 8 to 10. And uh, we're on hillcountrypatriot.com. And we also are at firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. But join us live every Saturday morning, 8 to 10. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime... Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths.